We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Lays it in. Zach Levine does it again. A shot on the middle. Oh, the Larry The crossover. Levine. Get up or get out the way, Trey Young. What up? It's Cash Considerations. A Chicago Bulls podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag in the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell here, as always, with Jason Pat. Jason, I'm tired as hell right now. We were both covering the All-Star game. I think I got to sleep at like 2.30 a.m. or later last night. Uh, really fun weekend, though. Yeah, uh, my first All-Star game, I believe it was yours, too, right, covering yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So our first All-Star experience, a lot of fun here in Chicago. It was obviously super fun fucking cold the first the first day of it but then it got really nice uh, obviously the bulls did not have much of a presence at all we did have uh zach levine in a three-point contest and he unfortunately did not advance uh with a score of 23 points respectable score of 23 points but uh i believe it was what buddy healed won it devin booker davis bertans they advanced with pretty high scores with the whole new three-point format with the mountain dew ball Zach Levine admitted he should have had his money ball in the corners because he literally made all his money ball shots and then stunk it up from like the wings in the top of the key, which is where he had his money ball. So there's another another bummer for the Bulls there. Uh, we were able to talk to Zach a bit uh, at his media day session. We also talked to Wendell Carter Jr. We'll talk about that a little bit in a bit. But yeah, I mean, just in general, like the Bulls obviously kind of came away as a huge joke uh, at this All-Star weekend. We will talk a bit more about possible front office changes, uh, a report reports that came out. But, yeah, I mean, there was the whole thing with a big story of the weekend with Zach Levine going on first take um, and getting – and the fire guard packs chance that came up. And there a lot of the a lot of people just kind of ripping on the Bulls like Charles Barkley did, Pippen did. A lot of people just ripping on the Bulls. Super unfortunate. There was like, And they, they had, like, no presence at all. Like, Adam Silver at his press conference, which we both got to watch, which was really interesting, he thanked them off the top at his press conference, and he thanked them – before he was handing out the MVP, but that was like, that was it. Like there was no Michael Reinsdorf like appearance on the court. I thought they were going to do the little handoff thing. Uh, they, that didn't happen. I don't know if they did that. Like they didn't do it like out of embarrassment. Like I didn't, Paxson didn't talk. Foreman didn't talk. I didn't, Boylan wasn't there. Like, it was basically just Levine and Carter, uh, like no m- ownership res- representation there, which is probably for the better. It just, just kind of shows just how unfortunate it is because at the all-star game itself, they started it off with a really dope, 
uh, like an intro video that had like Common and Michael Jordan did something for that. Uh, just a bu- Dwayne Wade, just a bunch of Chicago tributes, and just shows you like how the rich history of Chicago basketball is is really cool. But like, I mean, nothing involved with this current Bulls team because they're kind of a joke. So just while the experience itself was awesome, just being around all the players, uh, getting to ask some of the guys questions, asking Levine and Carter questions, uh, the All Star game itself was really awesome. It was obviously very noticeable just how the lack of a presence of the Bulls in general, and just kind of the general <laughs> embarrassment of them. And uh, just from around around the league, they're also in the three point contest. John Hollinger tweeted, made a made a Jim Boylan timeout joke as Levine is finishing up his three point contest. So it's just like really fun weekend for us. A lot of Bulls embarrassment still. Yeah, the Bulls were absolutely humiliated. Uh, you mentioned Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen is on the payroll <laughs> still as a team ambassador, and he was quoted as saying, "I don't even know who half the players on the team are." So that's great. We love you, Scottie Pippen. Uh, and then, yeah, the first take chant, the fire guard packs. I mean, that was just like chef's kiss. I mean, that was <laughs> too good to be true. Uh, I thought that you know. It was no coincidence that there was a report to come out right before the All-Star game started from the Tribune, the Sun-Times, I think Woj had it too, about the Bulls hiring a new GM uh, You know, after the season. We'll talk about that more later, but uh, mostly I think that like that was an obvious plant to like yeah. pacify fans to make sure that we didn't get a fire Garpax chant at the game. Uh, like you said, Michael Reinsdorf didn't make the customary owner's appearance at half court, which normally happens every year. So, yeah, I mean, Bulls suck, uh, not news to anyone involved, and they they really did have very little presence. So, you know, we started this weekend on Friday, I believe, with media availability for the Rising Stars Challenge. So Wendell was in that, and he still spoke to the media, even though he's hurt. So the one piece of news from that is that Wendell said he intends to play the Bulls' first game back uh, when the second half of the season starts. So that's good news. And then what was kind of cool is he was tucked away in the corner for media. So there wasn't a big zoo around him. Yeah. Like I tried to talk to RJ Barrett just before that. And like, I couldn't even get a question and it was, it was impossible. But with Wendell, he was like in the back of the arena. So basically it's like me, Jason, uh, VJ, Cody, Westerland, uh jamal just like a small contingent of bulls media reporters and it was nice because it felt like a little more personal of a setting and because we could actually get some questions off so at one point i asked wendell what he thought of boylan i was mostly like well wendell you've uh played for a lot of different coaches in your career how does jim boylan stack up to him And I said it with a big smile on my face and Wendell looks at me and he starts laughing and he had a big smile on his face and he took a second, he collected himself and then he was like, well, you know, we didn't have a very good relationship at first, but now I love him and he's one of my favorite coaches ever. And he's just staring at me smiling. He was totally lying. It was hilarious. Uh, So, you know, just, just good vibes right from the very start. That was one of my favorite moments of the whole weekend. Yeah, that was hilarious. I mean, yeah, definitely just the huge grin on his face, the laugh, uh, and he, and, and, yeah, and the fact that he admitted that like they, like he did not. It was like I did not get along with him as much as I like hoped or like wanted to, and it's hard. And then yeah, and then he claims like you know like he he brought up like the care factor thing. He didn't actually like say care factor, but he basically said yeah, you know like Jim like he cares a lot and he, he like comes and helps out a lot like in 
I can't remember exactly what he said. He said he was rebounding for him. Yeah, yes, right. He'll come back and help him on the court with rebounding and all that kind of stuff. And and now Jim's one of my favorites. And it's like, whatever, man. Uh, That was definitely good. He did also, I think, uh, we didn't get as much of this with Zach just because there were a lot more people around with Zach. But you mentioned, like, the intimate stuff. And we were able, there were some good questions, especially you, Rick. You were able to get a lot of stuff just about, like, his role in the offense and some of the stuff that he, like, wants to do. I think it was you who asked the question about him doing more playmaking. And it's clearly something that he he would like to do, uh, do more of. And I know I asked him about the three-point shooting, and he said he'd like to take two or three three-pointers a game. He's only at, like, I think he's under one per game. And I think it was you who asked him about the mid-range shooting where he'll get the ball, like, whatever, 18, 20 feet away. Uh, he won't even like look at the basket, and he kind of he kind of claimed that it's just uh, you know it's me just looking for a better shot, hoping to get a better shot. So it was really interesting some of the stuff he talked about in terms of like his role in the offense, uh, in terms of the the blitzing pick and roll stuff, which we, which we've harped on a lot. Uh, he talked about how tough it is and like how you got to really be in good shape to do that. So I thought that was really interesting. So yeah, the Wendell stuff was I think really enlightening. Just we'll have more at Bloggable about it. I wrote a quick thing about the newser where you said, yeah, he's hoping to play in this th- first game against Charlotte on Thursday. He's not totally sure if it's going to happen, but it is past the. I think it, it's like we're at like the six week park right now, uh, mark right now, and it was supposed to be a four to six week injury, this ankle injury. So I mean, it, I feel like he should be back on Thursday. We'll see if that's actually the case. He clearly wants to be back, and he's hoping. So we'll see about that. So yeah, a lot of good stuff from Wendell. I got to say, though, dude, I blew it because all I wanted to do was ask him, Wendell, do you guys actually use the punch clock when you come into practice? Like, is the punch clock still a thing? I wanted to ask a follow-up on the leadership committee. But, like, in that setting, you can't, like, lead with those questions. You kind of got to, like, let the athlete warm up to you first. And before I was going to get those off... They ended the media availability, so yeah, uh, it was like about fifteen minutes, and yeah, like was you asked some good stuff. We asked some good stuff, and like, it would have felt maybe weird, yet yeah, weird to ask kind of those like tr- I don't want to say trolley questions, but yeah, maybe like really, yeah, really like searching for him to like maybe rip on Boylan or something like that. But I, I literally have totally forgot about the punch clock thing, and I feel like that's been an, that was a whole thing of like embarrassment and humiliation early in the season. Like, I've totally forgot about it. And it would would have been able really funny if you we were able to ask that. <laughs> Yeah, so that was really great, and then I thought the dunk contest was sick. I mean, being at that was super dope. Uh, We were thinking that maybe Zach would make a surprise appearance because there was a video that went viral uh, on Friday of Zach trying to do a 360 dunk from the foul line. Zach actually said that he made that dunk once in Minnesota, that it's on film. He's like, either Wiggins was filming it or Wiggins is in the background, that Chris Dunn's in the background, and that he did to land that. So, holy shit, a 360 from the foul line, that's awesome. Uh, Zach didn't compete, but his old nemesis, his old dunking nemesis, I should say, Aaron Gordon did, uh, I wrote that Aaron Gordon got robbed. I think robbed it's a sentiment <laughs> that you know a lot of people shared. Uh, but you know, dunk contest was just really fun. Like uh, you could feel the intensity in there. Most of the guys were landing them on their first attempt. Uh, Derek Jones was also awesome too. Like even though yeah. people are saying that uh, J- that Gordon should have won, I mean Jones raised the level of the competition. Uh, so he was tremendous as well. I mean, even Pat Connaughton, he he did the white man can't jump dunk, and he oh I think was I think he did that one over Christian Yelich, and then he dunked over I think Giannis and did like the tap on the backboard. He wasn't able to advance because it was Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. But I mean, he was good. Uh, I mean, Dwight is Dwight, but he did the Superman and a Kobe tribute, and he made it on the first try. It was like a lob over the backboard, and he 
flew for I mean for the old man I thought Dwight's dunks were pretty good I mean he was I, he was never gonna win but I feel like he was better than expected I I think he missed the, his first try once and then he made a pretty tough dunk that it kind of just looked too easy because I feel like he's just too big and doesn't like soar like some of these other guys do but and then I think he nailed the Kobe tribute dunk so like all these guys like yeah Jones and Eric Gordon I mean they had the dunk off there was the whole controversy about the judging and and Dwayne Wade or and who and the possible bias with the judging and all that kind of stuff uh yeah that was a lot of fun i mean even the three-point contest buddy healed won that on like a walk-off like so that was both those contests were really good i'm um, the skills competition is kind of like a whatever but like a bam out of bio won that one I mean, and that was pretty good the, the big guys kind of dominated that competition which was kind of funny so yeah like all those the all-star saturday night was great uh i guess one thing about zach levine i did ask him if uh at the media session if jim boylan did ask, uh did help him at all to prepare for the three-point contest and he said well, he he first brought up the Marco Bellinelli thing, and then he said he hadn't really talked to Boylan. Clearly, that was his missing. That was what was missing. Jim Boylan did not help Zach Levine. He hadn't talked to him in a while about it. So, if only uh, Jimbo would have given him some tips, maybe Zach would have won. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, the game the game itself was just a ton of fun. As you mentioned, with the whole the the whole new format, everyone seemed to love it. The fourth quarter was like legitimately super intense. Uh, like got the first quarter guys were definitely taking it easy. I think team LeBron had like 50 some points the second quarter kind of as well. But then the third quarter, I feel like they started to tighten up. The end of the third quarter was great because it was, they were, they were doing each quarter for charity and the end of the third, third quarter was really close. So we had like guys called coaches calling timeouts. They were doing like ATOs trying to set up plays that ended up being tied and sending, uh, rolling over the charity of the fourth quarter. And the whole fourth quarter was like full-blown playoff intensity. Kyle Lowry took multiple charges. There were multiple coaches' challenges for replays. Giannis and LeBron were going back and forth with blocking shots and playing defense. Uh, I think it was definitely just a great, a great format. Like I don't know if the format was all like you can credit all of it because I think just close games. These also games can't. I think Frank Vogel mentioned that. Like if an also game is close, they will try. But the format definitely helped here. And then the whole Elam ending thing. I know it ended on a free throw. Uh, I guess it probably would be a little better. Maybe they'll make that tweak where you have to have to make a basket. What do you think about that? Do you think ending on a free throw is fine? That was there was some mixed reaction from the players after the game on that. I think the easy change to make is no bonus. That's what I felt yeah. like was disappointing. Like we were in the bonus late in the game, and uh, just just take the bonus out of it when you're playing Elam ending style. But otherwise, I thought the format change was great. I talked to some of the players after the game. They all thought it was cool, and they said they would like to see it moving forward pretty much uh, universally. They all said that. So, yeah, the I got to say, like, Giannis was literally playing as hard as he could, yeah. especially on the defensive ending yes. crunch time. That was kind of crazy to see. Tom Ziller wrote a thing for us at SB Nation where he said, you know, the format was definitely a success, but... One thing to worry about is that, you know, someone could get hurt in this All-Star <laughs> game uh, moving forward. And Giannis kind of was, like, uh, walking a little gingerly, I thought, into post-game media availability. He walked right past, right past us. Yeah, and he, uh, he played more minutes in that All-Star game than he does in most regular season games, too. So, like, that's kind of a head-scratcher. Well, so, Kemba Walker as well. He, Kemba was, did his post-game presser with, with Giannis, and he was wearing just an absolute dope green, like, velvet robe. He looked incredible. But he, he claimed that he played through a minutes restriction, that, like, he was supposed to have a minutes restriction, that, but then since the fourth quarter was so intense and close, he wanted to keep playing, and Nick Nurse let him keep playing, which I thought was kind of wild. That was, when I tweeted that out, I had a lot of people in my 
in my mentions and like quote tweeting saying like Nick Nurse like light years ahead he's sabotaging the Celtics by playing Kemba through Love minutes it. restriction and I saw other some other guys talking about it, like that well the Celtics like are they would they be mad about that did he was he joking about that I thought that was kind of funny uh, Giannis also had a funny quote saying that they were they they targeted James Harden defensively but it didn't work because Team Giannis was awful offensively down the stretch I feel like Giannis was probably gassed offensively because he was trying so hard defensively because he kind of he kind of faded like to the side because they kept trying like MB oh, and like Siakam post-ups. Siakam post-ups yeah, it was yeah I was really like bizarre. what's going on here? I feel like they because they kept like that same lineup that whole time around the stretch I thought maybe they'd make a change maybe to get more shooting out there but they kept just kind of bash like Embiid and Siakam post-ups and Giannis was kind of quiet offensively down the stretch the defense, that block of LeBron was one of the best blocks you'll you'll see just timing it pinning it against the backboard at the exact right time like that was absolutely incredible just it's just incredible night just just a fun time all around and these format changes i think definitely definitely were positive and hope they maybe makes maybe they'll make some more tweaks moving forward but i think in general this should hopefully work another thing was just it was cool the charity thing like all the kids like being right behind that basket super tight obviously having a ton of fun yeah it was was just really cool just the atmosphere the crowd was just super into it all fourth quarter and that's clearly what the nba was going for to get the fans more engaged and and it worked at least this time it worked so hopefully that they'll be able to build on that and keep doing it well. Before we talk about the Bulls front office possible changes reported, let's take a quick note from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day are right around the corner. BetOnline has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Best part is when you sign up and you receive a 50% welcome bonus. The Wilder Fury rematch goes on this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing it with the actual free money. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up super easy, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, this promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Jason, we got to talk about the report that came out at the same time from Casey Johnson, from Joe Colley at the Sun Times, about the changes that the Bulls are going to make apparently next season in the front office. Uh, essentially, what both reports said is that the Bulls are going to hire a GM, which is still technically Gar's title, even though it feels like uh, he hasn't had as much influence in recent years. So they're going to hire a new GM to be like sort of the face of the franchise, the person talking to the media. That GM is going to work in concert with Paxson and Foreman. Foreman is going to be reassigned in more of a scouting role. I think that that's basically the role he already has. Yeah. Quick sidebar, I do believe that Gar lost his power after I wrote a big fire Gar Foreman screed, which was like three <laughs> or four years ago. So you're welcome. I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Uh, but then Paxson is still going to be in the front office, and apparently have influence. And, uh, you know, the Sun-Times story said that Doug Collins is the guy who doesn't like Gar because he questioned his hiring of Fred Hoiberg as a head coach. Well, if you thought Hoiberg was a bad head coach, wait till you see Jim Boylan. Uh, So, yeah, so this is the report, that the Bulls are going to apparently hire a new GM. Paxson will maintain influence within the organization. He isn't going anywhere. Gar going to be reassigned to a scouting role. Uh, quick takeaway, Jason, here's my first thought. It's not good enough. Fire these losers. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen the first time 
they have a disagreement about who to draft. What's going to happen the first time they have a disagreement about which free agent to sign? Whose voice is going to win out there? So, like, one thing the Sun-Times report said is that uh, Boylan still has significant support from the front office. So this, but that this new coach would have the power to fire him if he, or the new GM would have the power to fire him and hire a new coach if he wants to. So then that's another thing where it's like, you know, you're sort of hanging him out to dry right away. Now, it's not like there's much risk involved because you literally could not hire a worse head coach than Jim Boylan. Like you could hire a really smart golden retriever and you could probably coach the Bulls as well as Jim Boylan has. But, uh, you know, you're already like setting this up where like, you know that Paxson loves getting credit. You know that Gar is basically a rat, that he, like, bugged the office against Thibodeau back in the day, was spying on the team, uh, is going to be power-hungry. And now you have a situation where a new guy is going to come in, and he's going to have some power but not full power. So how appealing is that job, especially right. when yeah. we know the Bulls aren't going to pay top salary? Another part of that report was that, like, the Bulls want to expand their scouting team Thank God it's about time, Bulls. This should have been done 20 years ago. Uh, But in terms of, you know, is this good enough? I say absolutely not. Paxson needs to be fired. And, you know, they're trying to do a Kenny Williams-White Sox situation. But, you know, when uh, the White Sox hired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams moved into the background, what they said at the time for the White Sox is that the White Sox were adopting a Bulls situation because <laughs> yeah. the Bulls had done that with Gar moving to GM, Paxson moving upstairs in 2009. We know how that worked out. Not good enough. Fire John Paxson. Fire Gar Foreman. Fire him. <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't get it. I know. I, I mean, I guess it's just the loyalty thing. Like, Jerry Ryan apparently just can't bring himself to, like, fire underperforming executives for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, like you make the whole point about like who, like what, I mean, I guess their idea would be like, they're not going to hire anybody that who's like established himself as an executive if they're going to be reporting to Paxson. So like, I guess they'd be just hoping that they're going to get like the young and hungry up and coming guy who would be willing to take that kind of role. Like, I guess like Casey called, called it as like an empowered presence in the front office and, uh, Kali, I think said a GM with a loud voice, like. I mean, I, I don't even know what that really means. And Yeah, I know Greenberg pointed out that whole, like, how a lot of people are saying, oh, they're, yeah, they're following the White Sox model. They're following the White Sox model who followed the Bulls model, like you said. Like, that, I didn't even think about it that way, like, when until, like, he pointed out. It's like, they're they're just kind of going, like, the same cycle. And it's like, Ryan Sorf's like, oh, well, you know, the White Sox are, now that Rick Hahn is, like, looking pretty good and their rebuild is looking pretty good, well, let's just go do that again with the Bulls. And, and we'll see if that works again, because, like, the Bulls also, it kind of worked, I guess, for a little bit, because they had Derek... And they had the big, and they built a good bench mob, and they had some really good teams there. So now they're just, just trying to recycle it again, basically. And like, and like you mentioned, yeah, like when it comes to like the decision making, like how much autonomy will that new guy actually have? If Paxson is still there, if like Gar, like if Gar is whatever the head of scouting, but it, I would feel like considering his experience, like you think he'd probably still have some type of role there. Like, is he just going to be completely neutered? Like, is he going to allow that to happen? I don't know. It just doesn't make it just. A clean house like it doesn't these guys have been around forever i don't understand just like make a dang move like i don't i don't really i just i, I said i do get it but i don't get it <laughs> because like when we talk, like the the fire again going back to the fire garpex thing and just this all-star weekend the the chance on first take fire garpex was trending uh, on twitter i think worldwide maybe if, if anything it was at least in the united states if you look at bo- anything the bulls like social media tweets 
Uh, basically, the, all the replies are fired guard packs. Uh, there's billboards going up. There are T-shirts going out. Like, and given just what happened this All-Star weekend with how much the Bulls were kind of humiliated as a franchise, uh, like, I don't know how you you look at that and be like, oh yeah, you know, like we should definitely keep this kind of status quo. Like, we'll bring in one outside guy, but we're gonna keep basically keep around the guys who have been around forever and who everyone hates and wants to get rid of. Like, how 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 can you be just so like tone deaf and like lack the self awareness? Like, you'd think. I mean, you would hope, like, I mean, Michael, that these reports say Michael Reinsoff is, like, talking, talking to league, like, confidants around the league. Like, those guys are probably like, oh, yeah, you should definitely do this. Like, keep those guys around. Well, we totally love it. And, like, it's, like they have no problem doing that because they see the dysfunction. They see issues that Bulls have had. So, uh, they're just, they're selling them on a raw deal. Just, like, have the backbone. And who knows what Jerry's even doing these days. Like, he, I mean, he makes, the, again, like, Jerry and Michael Reinsoff have made, like, no appearances. Jerry Reinsdorf had some interview came that came out like last week, but it was talking about like the Jordan Bulls, like nothing about the current team. They've like no like no nothing about the current team trying to sell the current team on anything because they know that they're just going to get ripped and booed. So it's like, I mean, what what the hell are we even doing here? Yeah, and my main takeaway is that uh, Michael Reinsdorf not good enough. Like Michael Reinsdorf, this is your franchise now. Jerry's eighty three years old. Michael's going to be the guy who's in control of this franchise moving forward. I remember reading. A profile of Jerry back in the day where he advised Michael never to sell the Bulls, probably because they're a cash cow. Uh, if Michael Reinsdorf is going to be the long-term owner for the Chicago Bulls, he needs to grow a pair, dude. Like, first of all, A, grow up. Like, you're not going to fire these guys who suck because they're your friends. Get over it, dude. Fire them. Okay. They they are losers. Paxson's 60 years old. Paxson should just step down. I'm going to continue ripping John Fire Paxson <laughs> until he finally quits because I'll just say the Bulls will never succeed with John Paxson still as a part of the organization. It's never going to happen. He has a long track record of being unable to evaluate talent, not having any conviction in his evaluations. And as long as John Paxson has a prominent voice in the room, the Bulls will never succeed. So Michael Reinsdorf, this is on you now, bro. Like the fire Garpax movement rests on your shoulders. And again, like you feel like, oh, this season's gone so poorly that we got to make a move now. It almost seems like he's caving into the pressure. Grow up, man. Like just fire these losers. I, it's not that hard. I mean, it's, and it's not like it's been like – it's not like they're, they haven't gotten a fair shot. They've been – John Paxson has been running this franchise for 17 years. 17 years, one Eastern Conference Finals appearance, one Eastern Conference Finals win. Guard's been GM since 2009, so that's over a decade. Like, these guys have been around forever. It's not like they're getting, like, a sh- the short, like, straw here. They've had their chance – most other fran- like sometimes franchises might might move on from guys too fast. They don't give them a chance to build something. They've these guys have gone through like multiple rebuilds, mo- a ton of head coaches, without championship success. And when you get to that point, and like it's when you get to a point, it's just enough is enough. And like now, the fire guard packs movement is definitely hit a fever pitch this weekend. Uh, like you said, I feel like. <laughs> These reports coming out, Greenberg mentioned this as well, that it kind of feels like it was a PR move to, be, to try to get some of the heat off, like, ownership, like, and to say, uh, satisfy the fan base. Like, oh, well, changes are coming. But I feel like a lot of fans realize that if these guys aren't actually going anywhere, that that's not good enough. I feel like for most – well, most of my Twitter replies and what other people have said that they realize that that's not – this isn't – wouldn't be enough change. It's just not – you have to start over, try something new, bring in fret, a full, fresh front office to start something new because – 
what has been they've been doing just has not been working. We're in year three of a rebuild, and, and they're 19 and 36. They're mostly irrelevant. They're getting humiliated on the national stage at All Star Weekend. They're, and and like I mentioned, the, the lack of presence for the Chicago Damn Bulls, who had Michael Jordan, who were a global brand in the 1990s, were huge. The fact that they were just like not anywhere to be seen besides a few things with Zach Wendell Carter Jr. It's just a shame. It's unacceptable. And the people in charge have to go because of it. Yeah, Michael Reinsdorf. Like, that's going to be the new guy that I'm complaining about from now on. The Fire Garpax movement has gotten us to this point. Now, Michael Reinsdorf. I mean, do we need to start chanting, sell the team? Like, <laughs> like Knicks Dol- fans did, did James Dolan? Because that actually made Dolan make some moves. And he addressed the chant. Like, a week later, he was like, well, I'm not going to sell the team. but So maybe we need to start chanting, sell the team at Michael Reinsdorf if he's too much to a co- too much of a coward to fire these losers that he's empowered in the front <laughs> office. And it's like, it's just, there's no confidence in me that this is going to be any better, right? Right. Uh, right? Even if they hire someone smart who has good ideas, there's always going to be a power struggle. There's always going to be a question of who really had the final say. And... It's just so fucking disappointing, man. Like, Michael Reinsdorf, grow up. Fire him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really all we can say. He seems like an idiot. Like, just sell the team. What? Like, why do you want to Is it be... worth, like, $4 billion? I exactly. Sell, yeah. sell him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Michael Reinsdorf sucks. I'm out. Michael, call me if you want to. I know you like to reach out to fans and season ticket holders instead of like actually fucking doing something about addressing the long tenured problems within the franchise. Uh, it's not good enough, man. You got to fire who's, these. Who's the, the young Reinsdorf? Guys. Is it Joey? Joey, yeah. I've, I've been meaning to bring this up, dude. Joey Reinsdorf is our only hope. I'm all in on Joey. Joey, apparently, the the last update I read, I believe, was from 2017. He was an economics major at Northwestern, and he was really into sports analytics. And he's the one who got Jerry to bring the All Star Game to Chicago. So I'm all in on Joey. Michael has to cede to Joey, and like, what is Joey? think assume he's like a 21 year old guy he knows that everyone hates the direction of the franchise uh and he if he's you know more intelligent than his dad i think he should know that uh this isn't good enough it's a half measure just dipping their toes in the water not making any real changes so joey you're our only hope we invite you on cash considerations yeah we invite him on cash considerations if he wants to come on like we would chill with him for sure uh, convince convince Michael that this has got to change. Yeah, that's got to change. Um, any other final thoughts? I did have a few things we haven't brought up yet. Uh, I will say the Kobe Bryant tributes. We figured that there was gonna be a lot of it. Uh, there were. They were very good. Magic Johnson talked. Uh, Jennifer Hudson did a pretty chilling song tribute to to him. There was a lot of good stuff for Kobe. So that was that was just kind of pretty cool to see. Obviously, the players talked a lot about how much Kobe meant to them and. Uh, there were a lot of questions after the game about the competitiveness and how it was like a good tribute to Kobe having that competitive game. So shout out to Kobe Bryant. Uh, rest in peace. It was a bunch of great tributes there. Uh, one other thing I wanted to know, this was another big thing, the, the all-star court with the Chicago skyline, I thought was really dope and the Bulls should keep that. Don't even put the Bulls logo back on the court. Keep the Chicago all-star skyline court because it looks really cool and the Bulls are awful. The, the skyline is way cooler than the Bulls at this point. Uh, one other, I think, final note that I had was when we were walking down, I think it was after the Rising Stars game, we were walking to the media room. 
uh, and Zion was about to walk past us. And then he took, he stopped, big grin on his face, took a picture with a couple kids. They were just, probably made their night taking a picture with Zion Williamson. Shout out to Zion Williamson for being just a cool dude. Uh, he's obviously absolutely huge, and I was kind of starstruck myself kind of seeing that. That was that was a really awesome moment, just kind of seeing him, just enjoying it with some young fans down, uh, down in the bottles of the United Center. Yeah, one of my favorite moments of the weekend, so... We, uh, the, the media seating for us was just like a carved out area of the stands in the 300 level where all the media was sitting. So, uh, Jason and I were watching the game next to each other for a while. Then I had a buddy who was at the game and he said he had an open seat next to him. So I went over there to say what's up to him, ended up sitting down for a little bit. And behind us were two little kids. I'm saying like four, five, six years old in Zion jerseys. This is during the Rising Stars Challenge. So there's one play in the game where uh, I forget. So his Zion was getting a noop from his teammate, and R.J. Barrett kind of like fouled him oh, he, like, and tackled like him tackled him and messed up the alley-oop. <laughs> and these two little kids behind me wearing Zion jerseys just start booing R.J. Barrett. Like, <laughs> boo, R.J., what are you doing? So... <laughs> so funny uh and you know as someone who covered the draft this last year i think that's how everyone should feel about rj barracks he's not very good and yeah. uh we want zion oops zion's a hero i saw so many kids in zion jerseys which is just awesome to see yeah so. the guy's already a superstar he also broke like this rim or stanchion whatever rim, like yeah. setup they had on one of his alley-oops was he just can throw it down so hard like yeah that was really awesome and yeah, seeing him was really cool and guy's already a superstar like he's so far i know it's only it's only been, whatever, 10, 11 games he's played, but the guy has already lived up to the hype. Absolutely incredible. A lot of fun. Hopefully will be an all-star for many years to come. Next year it's in Indianapolis, so it's not going very far. So there will probably be a plenty of media complaining about how cold it is again, which was kind of funny. It was really fucking cold at first, those first couple days. But uh, after that, it was a pretty nice weekend. And I thought, while the Bulls are a joke, Chicago did a nice job putting on this. Although there was one other thing. Where we were sitting in the 300 level and 327, for like those like intro like tributes like the Chicago tribute the Kobe tribute, one of this they did not have like one of the jumbotron screens on, so I could not see the damn video. I don't really know why that they were doing that. This is just gonna be me complaining about that, but like I don't get it. I wanted to see this damn Chicago video. And obviously, you can see it online right away, but like I wanted to see it in the moment. And I couldn't see anything. It w- I thought maybe like the screen was broken and it was another embarrassing thing about the Bulls, but it turns out that that must have been a, a stylistic choice, a technical choice. I don't know, but I wanted to see the damn videos. Um, oh, one other funny thing, I guess, I guess, which is a per- perfectly fitting about this Bulls, this Bulls franchise and organization, is that one of the, I think it was one of the Milwaukee Bucks beat writers tweeted a video of him in the media room and some like dark brown like poop smelling liquid was like falling on their table. How like how fitting is that? Just like poop falling from the United Center onto the table. Sounds like uh, sounds like your Chicago Bulls. Pretty fitting, but. In general, again, this was a great weekend. Chicago did a great job. Chicago showed out. It was a ton of fun to be there for my first All-Star experience. Uh, A lot of fun. Ricky, you have any final thoughts here about All-Star Weekend in Chicago? No, it was great. I thought the city did a good job. And uh, it's in Indy next year, so hopefully I'm able to go to that. So uh, I think that wraps it up for us. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Obviously, we have a few days off, thank God, before the Bulls return to action on Thursday. At home against the Charlotte Hornets, we mentioned that Wendell Carter Jr. might be back. We'll totally see about that. Uh, we'll see if any, like, whatever. Who knows what the hell is going on with Otto Porter Jr. or Lowry. We actually did walk by Lowry. We saw him, uh, I think that was Friday night or Saturday night, 
Um, he looked to be moving okay, I guess, but I mean, you ne- never really. He's very tall. Yeah, he is huge. Like he, you, he, I feel like I never. I always forget that Lowry is a seven footer. He is legit a definite seven footer. He is an absolute, absolute monster. Uh, but yeah, Bulls, Hornets Thursday, and I can't. Their upcoming schedule is actually pretty easy. I think they they play like the Wizards again. I mean, eat quote unquote easy given the way they're playing. I think they play the Wizards again. They got like the Knicks and Suns coming up. So like, what what's is gonna happen is they're probably gonna win a few of these bum slaying games, and they're gonna try to they're gonna make like a final push, and people will probably get half excited about them again. And then once we get into March and April, they play like basically all playoff teams, and they'll probably just get their ass kicked and. End up in like the low 30s and wins, and a couple, like four or five, maybe a couple games out of the playoffs, depending on how like the Magic do. The Magic are also terrible, so and we're back to reality. Chicago Bulls basketball. A bunch of people were tweeting like after the All Star game ended, like, "Yeah, this was a ton of fun, but now, now the next like games on this court will be the will be the shitty Bulls." And Greenberg tweeted something about uh, like it, he tweeted a picture of the Luka Doncic like poster outside, and it was like, the, "This will be replaced by Luke Cornett in the coming days." So. <laughs> Kind of sad. We're back to the Bulls, but we do have a few days off. Thank God, and take a nice little breather here after a busy All Star weekend, which was a ton of fun. Uh, so that'll wrap it up here for us, Cast Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, recapping the All Star weekend. We were live from All Star weekend, as always. Thank you to our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Thank you to Blue Wire. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Ricky Ewer with Espionation. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Matt Bulls blogger, Seth Pollock, Espionation for. Uh, applying for the credentials for me and getting me into All Star Weekend, that was great to be great to be there again. Uh, for our podcast, please rate and review us uh, wherever you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, so this has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Jason, Ricky, take it easy, guys, and we'll talk to you next week after the Bulls are back. Unfortunately, <laughs> take it easy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.